Hey, 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 it's MMA and Beyond. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. Thank you so much for participating in the show. We get your emails. We get your messages. We get your Twitters. We get your Facebooks. We get your Instagrams. Thank you so much. We are on episode 22. We didn't know it was going to come this far. We're really grateful. Not only that, but thank you so much to Onnit. Onnit, who joined in. They said we would love to be a part of this show. So make sure you check out MMAandBeyond.com. You could also check out our Instagram pages. We will have links to Onnit. When you buy Onnit products, they, they, they are about peak performance, mindset. They have incredible technology, not only on their website, but products that are cutting-edge science mixed with everything you've got to do through, through your athleticism, through your performance, your training, your diet, all of that. Check out onit.com. Tell them MMA and Beyond sent you. You can do a direct link from our webpage to, uh, to participate with our program with Onnit. So thank you so much for Onnit. We got Ray Longo. We got Fight Shape Ricci. We got Empty Resig. We, we got Dr. Sherry. We got Producer Chris. Producer Steffi. We got even Kira's in the house today. Oh, Kira. Hey, Let's go, Kira. Hey, everybody Big doing Kira. great today. Welcome, energy, everybody. Kira. Ray Longo. Yes. We got a we got a victory in Singapore. Yeah, what a great victory for dude, that what guy. What a great dude. Good dude, and again, infectious energy. The jujitsu. He's, he's like the uh, Japanese Marab, I think. Everybody <laughs> loves him. Uh, it's great seeing some of these other guys just come in from like another continent and just assimilate right into the gym. And man, everybody just really loves the guy, and he was so appreciative of everything and. You know, again, hats off to uh, Aljo, too. He took that trip to Singapore. I couldn't make it, and I think he did a great job. I figured it was going to be on the floor, and Aljo's worked with him. So really, really good stuff. And, you know, I, I just think in this fight, too, he was relaxed wherever it went. But I tell you, he did fight smart, and he took it to where he had a huge advantage, and I think that's why he got the victory. I think it's a lot and, to do with the gym. It's conducive yeah. towards that kind of thing. And Aljo, on a side note, if you watch uh, – I watch, I listen, because I'm usually working out when Aljo's doing the MMA class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, he's got a great way about him as far uh, as, as, far as teaching, awesome and, teaching and 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 and, and yeah. keeping people relaxed, cool, uh, cool, and being able to uh, give them technical advice and have them listen. He's 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 a great coach as yeah, well. He's a really good coach, really good fight IQ, very talented, and uh, you know, like yeah, happy for Suzaki first fight with the with the team. So I think that's huge. Yeah, that's Tony great. did a great job. He's getting them stronger. I think some of the air areas where he was weakened, he's just improving. And I think the key, like, uh, I'm not sure if the UFC totally believes in him, but I think the kid is super, super talented. And he is only 28. Right. So he's got yeah. a lot of fights, and I still think he's really growing and given the right, right – uh, time to train i really think this kid's got a shot at really going places like really going places so yeah, yeah i just want to say one thing i, I don't and i don't want to no condemnation yeah. against to say he would he was in essence campless before i think they did a wonderful job but to have yeah. the full sarah longo camp the eight to ten weeks with with the advancements and skills that ray helped yeah. And the camaraderie, the team, and everybody that was behind him. Like, I, I think that this is his, let's just call it this, his first true American camp, if you will. Yeah, right, because sure. they do things well, differently. Well, I think uh, what you're saying, I think, is the key point. The camaraderie, yeah, I think, goes yeah, a long it's way. It's an environment. You know, it's, it's, it's what it's, you want to create Look, there. he had his technique, and he's always going to have his technique. But the camaraderie could add 
10% to what he's doing. And, he, you know, if he wants to win for that team and he feels comfortable, he feels at home, I think that's a huge, huge difference because he's definitely a super talented guy. And I, what I like about it is I don't, I don't think they've seen the things I've seen this guy do in the gym. Right. I, they haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I think they're – you know, when he came to me, I had to ask his coach, is he a stand-up guy or a wrestler? I thought he was a stand-up guy. And the coach told me, no, he's a wrestler. <laughs> he's good. So I'm like, wow, this guy, is, he's not bad, man. He's, if he's a wrestler. Yeah. But, um, I well, think, Ray, what's his discipline? What, what, he comes I, from Japan, right? What's coach his... said is he's a wrestler. Yeah, he's That's wrestling. Was he, he was influenced uh, Japanese pancreation, you know, pancreation and no Japanese idea, but, wrestling. Uh, yeah, no, and, and he's got some solid jujitsu. He's got Japanese jujitsu, a little bit of Brazilian mix, and Japanese wrestling. Okay. Um, and, and there's some good stuff over there. And, and just to, to clarify what Ray said, too, I didn't mean that he didn't have good previous camps. I just think this was the first big team camp he right. had with so much support around him like that. And I think well, that's really really that I think it's a man. difference when you're walking around the class and you're bumping, you know, you got Iaquinta right, on one that's side, right, yeah. Aljo's working with you a couple of times a the week. Zuka. Uh, Nah. You know, yeah, you got to, you got to really, and that, and his weight now. class, that 35 to 45, 25 is, there's a lot of guys that could challenge him and give him good work. And I think even how, shout out to Pumi too, who <laughs> really did a great job sparring. That's him. right. And, Cause uh, Pumi's got a tank and a half and pushed him. He's yeah. yeah. He pushes him. And, and like I said, and those nights that, that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm doing pushups and crunches and inside the cage, are just a bunch of animals going yeah. through this MMA class with Aljo. There are there is no way that you're going to get out of that without being pushed to the limit. Right, uh, and, right. and it could be a, a typical Monday evening, and it doesn't matter. These guys are going at it. They all have that vision and that that it, it's it's when you have that environment. It's it's kind of like you you get the the goal because they all have a similar goal. And 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 when you don't right when you don't know where you're going, every road takes you there, right? So it's easy when you don't have that camp. To, to just kind of go through the motions. But when you're in an environment like that where everybody's hungry, everybody wants it, and you do have some strategic people, the Aljos, Ray, uh, Fight Shape, who, who will help guide that energy, and you're seeing yeah. it now. To round two, rear e neck every, choke, Everybody's going to pull for that guy, Absolutely. too, because he's so likable. That's the other thing. He's got that X factor where people really just want to see the kid do good. He really reminds me of like that Marab energy where yeah, they're just definitely. so yeah. appreciative and grateful for everything. And uh, yeah, I thought he fought a very relaxed fight against a pro boxer who was undefeated. So. Yeah, he, I mean, he, he looked great. So that's that was good. I know that, yeah. Ray, that you, you uh, uh, were really excited for that. You wanted to see this kid do really, really well. Yeah. Um, and, and you didn't make it there. Yeah, but uh, he, he got <laughs> the win anyway. I I, you know, I got up at 4.30 in the morning. Actually, just missed the fight. I mean, I got up at 5, I guess, so I just missed it. But uh, now for me to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning... <laughs> That's as good as going. <laughs> that's as good that, as that, going. That might be as you good as know, going. You, you know had, he likes his kid. He goes to bed at five. Because I, I walked yeah. around like a zombie up until about four in the afternoon. You're yeah. still working on uh, your, your big Hall of Fame speech, yeah. by the way. Matt Sarah calls in, and uh, it's it's easily the most feedback we've received. <laughs> yeah, 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 easily yeah. the most feedback we've received to have a Hall of Fame, uh, a UFC Hall of Fame champion call in. So thanks and shout out again to Matt Sarah. And Ray, how's that going? That's going good. I was uh, I spent a lot of time on it this uh, week. Uh, I talked to a couple of people at the UFC. They did chop. They said no more than five minutes, which was so I had to go back and 
Yeah, which is a shorter time than that's I thought. The, one story. Yes, that's what I was kind of saying. So I have to really like kind of redo it, but uh, I'm gonna have a couple of people look at it and see if we could shape it up a little bit and you know. Well, five see minutes if I, is pretty easy. So yeah. So um, having that five minutes, well, is it a hard five minutes? Like they're gonna give you the old hook like they used to in no, the I old think TV they shows? A, or uh, they were pretty adamant. I, they're out. getting the hook. I think because <laughs> last year was such a or. I guess it had to be last year and the previous years. It was kind of a disaster. Guys go up there and they just keep rambling on and on. So I didn't really go into it, but he made it seem like it was a hard five minutes. You know, How many guys are being, or guys and women, I should say, are being inducted? That I, night? I, 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 really I know, know for sure Ronda Matt Rousey, and right? Ronda Rousey. Yeah. 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 Art Davey, I think. Uh, yeah, I don't know, a couple of people. UFC up to some good stuff, you know. Uh, Tony, you were you were down there. Can you talk about a little bit about the conference you went to? Well, we had the, and the, I'm only saying this because I want to segue into what I wanted to say. Yeah, yeah, we had I'm the coaches, totally the coaches right summit now. last week, is and and uh, we, which was at the UFCPI, and we spoke a, a touch on it last week, but. Uh, this was what the team out there did. So that's Dr. Duncan French, Bo Sandoval, strength coach, Quint Wattenberg, the sports dietitian, Dr. Heather Linden, who is in charge of physical therapy. So what they did is, you know, they put, the, they put forth their first-year project. And their first-year project was, Duncan brings up a very good point. Dr. Duncan French says, what's the primary thing first of any sports science team? And the truth is, when it comes to sports in America or soccer, you know, football, if you will, to find out how you win. Sure. I mean, that's what you're paid for as a strength coach, a football coach. How do you win? So they provide as a stater initially on how these fights are being won. Okay, that was the first objective. What is the duration of fights? So that was really neat to see the, the progression that in 2004 fights were going about seven and a half minutes. Now they're ten and a half minutes. So what that could mean, a host of different things. The guys are in better condition. They're more, more versatile. Vitals, could more, be more cautious. More aware exactly. of the time limit. Uh, they stuff a takedown Strategy. because more fights were won on submission 10 years ago. Now they're being won more on striking. So this is the type of data they provided. Additionally, what they did that I thought was very good in forward thinking is they're looking at ways, if you will, to create what would be the comparable of, of a UFC combine, MMA combine. Right. And in, in football, albeit maybe I don't even agree with all the metrics that they use, but we wanted to get standard uh, standard measurements and metrics for sure. fighters. Right. So the average 185 pound UFC middleweight has a reactive strength index of this. Right. A vertical jump of so forth. And this is the type of information that they're putting together for. So coaches can look at this and go, all right, well, here's where my athlete stands from a, from a physiological perspective, a biomotor perspective. Here's how they win fights, but here's how others are winning fights currently. And uh, Ricardo Almeida was there, which was really fun. And he looked at the data and cool. goes, you know, he looked at that and said, wow, well, if 77% of the strikes are being won by way of, I'm sorry, 77% of the fights are being won by initiation of strike. Perfect opportunity for the ground guys. Yeah, yeah. Right. So this is sure. the th this is up. Uh, this Strategy. is why it is good. Right. So you essentially they took fight metric data, but aggregated it for us. They provided us with all types of what I can, I feel is really great information. And here's what they did: they set forth a vision on how are we going to progress the sport physiologically. How do we take measurements? How do we improve the athlete's ability? How do we prevent injury? How do we make better weight cutting procedures? And I found it to be Really informative. I give the team credit because essentially 
They're, it's only a year old, and it's easy to critique what they did, but I think they put together some great stuff. Someone like Ray can look at it and go, okay, yeah, here's some good info. I'll take a chip piece here, a piece there, or you can discard it. A lot of the skill coaches, sure. I'll tell you right now, we're going out of heck with these numbers. Straight out. These numbers mean nothing. Sure. These numbers mean nothing. Well, subjective, so... Yeah, well, the, the, but the, but that argument. but those numbers are relatively concrete. I mean, it's not hard to say. Here's how much fights have increased. Right. Here's how they're being won. Here's how many weight cuts have been missed. I mean, that's easy data to aggregate. So to me, it's it's highly valuable. But uh, I credit the team at the UFCPI. I think they've done a great job in only one year because again, they had no vision. They were told, right. "Here's your facility. Now go figure something out." So. Right. You know, I think it's going to propose or, pro or I provide some good good direction for the future of MMA for we performance coaches anyway. The skill coaches might feel differently. Well, so it, it, it goes it goes to the future, I guess, of MMA, and the, which is what I was interested about this because it's science, and exactly. I that's that's my favorite. And to see that this performance institute, first of all, they published along with this, they published this, an eighty page analysis. 80-page analysis filled with numbers, graphs, charts, covering everything from methods to winning to UFC fights, injury prevention, and nutrition. So we're talking about the fight game really gaining into a fight science. So, Ray, right. got fight shape, uh, the adjustments that, that the Saralongo st team starts making to this science. We have Dr. Sherry there. We, we start recognizing a, a, a evolution of the sport an evolution of the fighter towards a, a science base. We do have some numbers. Do you take this and, and start seeing the future of, of the way that you do camps a little more science-based? Do you, do you mix it with traditional? Is it an 80-20? Do you throw it away? How, how do you approach this as I mean, a coach? I really have to look at everything. I'm listening to Tony, and you know we talked about a little bit before this. Uh, the combine thing would be... Uh, interesting i mean really what happens these guys all guys really get like personal treatment they, they do seems yeah, like absolutely a, this do. seems like a group thing if you're running like a, a big team and you but all guys that's like, a good point know, if, right? if they're gonna fight that's you a know, good we're point. already yep. looking at it guy's got 10 wins by submission he's got it's it's more of an individual thing so to say that most fights like for me, most fights are won by what strikes. You said like, about seventy-seven percent. They said were the, a strike initiated. The point being, for it, you me, could, you know, it's who the guy Chris Weidman is fighting tomorrow. What is how has he won his fights? I don't really at this right. point. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not sure how that's going to help, but on an individual basis, I think it would. And uh, certainly, if they're putting together, you know, I'm I'm still going with it's not rocket science. You know what I mean? But numbers are always good, and like we go back to that thing with the heart rate mods. I yeah. never wanted to use one. Now I can't live without it. So this <laughs> right. could be the same thing. <laughs> right. I might not want to look at the numbers a year from today. Give me the numbers, Tony. Where, where, yeah, where's yeah, this yeah. guy at in his uh, VO2 max? And you know, so we, I think Tony's doing it. Are we grouping our data together like that? I don't know. We could do that, but you know, I think it gives you an idea of which direction to go in. Definitely. Was there anything on the nutrition side? That uh, was there was a lot of it. Nutritional periodization and and how to use food. And and Quint and I had wonderful conversations. Quint is a Division One All American Cornell wrestler, wow. and with a master's in in dietetics and exercise physiology. So I respect him greatly, and we talked about it. and And he was talking about nutritional strategies, nutritional periodization models all of which I completely yeah. agree with. What the fighter needs to be doing 10 weeks out, 12 weeks out, post 
fight to learn, once again, to learn to teach the body how to burn fat effectively. In better words, Ray and I have talked about this all the time. How do we create an environment, or let me rephrase that, create optimal physiology so when the wake cut time comes, it's not that arduous. It's right. not that strenuous because right. the fighter is well prepared. And you know when they're not going to be well prepared? And they emphasize this, of course, when they start their camp eight weeks out. And they're not practicing 16 weeks out all the behaviors. It's like a transition more than a cut. It's the yeah. old this. Yeah. Here's and what and you maybe do. that's where it'll help you. It'll yeah. let totally. those guys yeah. look at it and go, oh, wow. You know, maybe there's an aha moment where even though we've been telling them this, that they see something right, in right. writing and some in graphs. the book. Yeah, and yes. it's in a book, in and a they book. go, yep. oh, wow, yeah. maybe I do have to start 16 weeks out. I mean, it could be that type of thing, too, which would be really helpful because it doesn't huh. matter how they receive the message as long as they receive exactly. the message. You know <laughs> right. what I mean? so, and, and just one thing I do want to say to, to sum up what Ray said perfectly, we do this. But we have, because we have, due to Ray's work, a small team. Right. Yeah. I, my buddies like Dr. Corey P, uh, Peacock at 365 yeah, 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 or Phil yeah. Darun at ATT, they've got to train 25 people. Right, right. They, that's their thing. They, they need that data and systematic yeah. strategy. We, we can we're leap from at, guy to guy. We're looking at each yeah. individual guy getting a different sure. you know, uh, protocol to work on. You know, yep. Who needs this yeah. wrestling strength? Who needs speed and striking? Who needs this? Who needs cardio? You know, who right. needs cardio with the striking? Who needs cardio with the wrestling? Some guys, you know, wow. don't need, you know, I mean, think about it. You could keep yeah, breaking this course. down. So, I mean, I think the guys we have really get looked at individually. They're never going to get anything. They're not. Yep. Uh, unless we're, unless we're, we're, we don't know what the hell we're doing completely. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> no, but right. that's duty. Yeah, you. you see what it's I'm saying? It's how you like, run your right, camps. Exactly. You do it that way. So... Yeah, I like it that way. I don't know. I, I'm not. A, I'm not a. I'm not a cookie cutter guy. Never yep. was. I like taking individuals, working to their strengths. You know what attributes they have. Every, you know, you, you get to know that when you start working with a guy. And I mean, there's certain things certain guys can't do, and there's certain things that everybody could do. Right. You know what I mean? Some guys got great flexibility. Some guys don't have great flexibility. So if a guy has no flexibility. What do you keep telling him to do high kicks? And, you know, yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, that would be stupid. Now, you could work his flexibility, but you concentrate on what he could do right now because it's on the job training. You're not talking to him. Once you hit that UFC, you're not picking your opponents, you're not getting fed anybody, and you better be squared away or you're going to be in a shitload of trouble. And the idea is to really take what you could do and really just do it to the max. And some guys are more, you know, by the time they get in there, they have more experience. I exactly. like seeing all the, the amateurs take tough fights as amateurs, learn about adversity, you know, learn about what it's like to almost lose and come back. We were just having this conversation with Ike Quinta when huh. he fought this guy, Gabe Miglioli, and he just pulled out an old tape. At the time, he fought Miglioli. Miglioli, I think, had already fought uh, Rafael Dos Anjos in Japan. So, I mean, that's a huge fight. I don't know if he won or lost, but he was just showing me clips wow. of the fight was back and forth, and, uh, man, he had a war the first fight with Miglioli. That fight could have went either way, and Al really gutted it out. You want to see what guts is? Go look at that fight in the ring of combat. Phenomenal fight. I think Miglioli's became a good fan. You know, like, a really, he's always commented on my stuff. Mm -hmm. I think he's a That's tough cool. son of a bitch, man. He was back then, and uh, I only wish him the best. And then they had a rematch, and... Al kicked him in the eye and almost like caught like a toenail in the eye, and that fight was over. Mm -hmm. But 
that the first fight was a war, and I think it really helped define who Aya Quinta was, man. Mm. Well, yeah, look at this Mr. Fight. Producer Chris yeah, always has it. Yeah, Who's Chris, quicker man. than this man? Yeah, look at that. Yeah. yeah. He dropped out. Yep. Look at yeah, that. caught him with that right. And Al's going to get back up and take the guy down. Yeah. <laughs> There's Ash. Yeah. There's Ash. Yeah, yeah. That's what great. A fight. What a fight this yeah. was. Yeah. And just that ring of combat. And and you you bring up this this individualized experience. Uh, and, and I'm going to say, I don't think he's had a tougher fight in the than UFC. That, is that right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, this was a tough fight. Man. You know, I tell you something. Watching this, I find something very interesting. Like anyone look, else. Look at this. Well, I, I, people, can't, I the people can't see it on the <laughs> radio. But... What I find is that uh, on the radio, <laughs> sir. Everyone loves a parade, okay? Uh, and like me, I love I love a parade. You he like a parade, and, and I I was and I saw on the news today that they had the gay pride parade in the city. It's pride. It's pride. It month. is. It's pride, yes, pride month. Yeah, yeah, pride yeah. month. Okay, yeah. so I'm a little city. bit, uh, but New York City, and and that triggered something where I just wanted to. I, I saw this was interested that two transgender high school runners took the top spots at the mm. state girls' championships in Connecticut, uh, leaving parents wondering if they have an unfair advantage. Uh, one of the uh, 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 transgender athletes, a sophomore from Hartford, finished first in the 100 and 200 meters dash, and a second transgender, a sophomore from Cromwell, was second in the 100-meter dash. Right. Now, the rules vary from state to state. In seven states, including Texas, students must play on the team that matches their birth certificate. Stop looking at the video and listen to what I have okay. to say, MMA and beyond. Something or have undergone surgery. Now, the Connecticut Interscholastic Athletic Conference allows a school athlete to compete according to the gender they identify with. Right. Not the birth certificate says. Right. Do we feel that that is an unfair advantage in high school sports. Now, this is not NCAA, and it's not where in NCAA you have to have hormonal therapy for a period of time. Right. But do we feel that's an unfair advantage? Well, that's an inter. I'm assuming that Mike has a topic. That is that oh, is God. Mike has a topic. All right, Mike has a topic, and, and you guys um, can't deflect. All right, so I'm not even going to deflect. Uh, means, should I go means, on it? Go ahead. We're waiting. We're waiting. I'm now All moving right. the, this away from me. To, no, Ray, do you Sherry. take cream in your no. coffee? Or yeah, no, no, you no, no, where are you going? Get in there, right. Dr. Sherry. Don't do that. Uh, uh, time to go to the bed. Go ahead. <laughs> Come on. Yes, yes. At that age, yeah, you can't have it. My point is, I mean... First of all, it, it would need extensive therapy to, to, to make the biological differences. I'm actually going to defer to Dr. Sherry because she'll have more endocrinology knowledge than I have. But I, I'm to your point, you can't do that at the high school level. That's nonsense. If you want to identify as something, fine. That doesn't mean you have to compete at it. I have no objection to identification. I was going to say it depends if, if it's prepubescent or not, right? So well, if they haven't gone right. But other than that, no, there's, you know, testosterone clearly changes muscle mass and endurance and, you know, has, has uh, an effect on the brain. And I think that whether or not you're identifying at that point, it's probably not a good idea uh, right. to allow that. Um, in, you know, policies, I think the ABC actually, uh, medical committee a few years ago wrote a transgender policy. Most of that ends up becoming a legal issue. Um, because there has to you know, deal with the other side of it. But um, in general, it's felt that at least two years of hormonal therapy is required okay. right, to, to mitigate um, the, the hormonal effects of testosterone. Um, but there, 
But no, I'm listening to you. No, I don't want to. I don't want to know. No, I want you to go. No, that's no. I want to hear it. Wonderful summary. And but even then, there's still it might be fiber number. Dude, more muscle mass that still has not, you know, there's still advantages. So it takes it takes about two years for that minimum, to, right? Right. Yeah. right? yeah. So and, and that's two years of a, in my guess, a concerted effort to make that change. Right. And then there are other issues, right? Do you need to have complete, you know, um, removal of of the gonads? I mean, it's different, right? Because in MMA, it's <laughs> it's a little bit different. For, well, it is a different Me thing. I, 12, I think that we're people, laughing. Yeah, yeah I know. Like, oh, no, I'm, I'm trying I'm to be politically correct here, but I think there's somebody who needs their gonads removed in this. Uh, <laughs> She's doing a good, wonderful <laughs> right. summary of it. But, but, very but, but remember, touchy subject. But it's a it's a very touchy subject, and the problem is that if there's also the competitor, right? Do you have to tell the competitor about this because? You know, if you're a, a woman dealing with somebody who's undergone hormonal abla ablation, but you're feeling a cup, you know, does that going to throw your game? Is that fair? So that becomes a legal issue more than it becomes a medical issue. And so we addressed that topic. No, no, right? you that did not. You addressed it. Dr. Sherry addressed it. Steve Maribola, what do you think, brother? I what do you think, Mike? I'm completely... I'll tell you in a second. I, I'm, I'm indifferent to something like that. No. So, so... Well, you asked me, Come and then, on. All, right. all right, good, all right, I'm listening to it. This man knows his stuff now. Be open to that, Mike. I'm open, I'm open, I'm open, open I'm open, yeah, yeah. I'm open. <laughs> Whether you're open to it or not, I didn't do that when you were speaking. I but apologize. What I'm, what I'm saying Look to you that. is that is that I'm indifferent to it in the sense that um, unless it's costing somebody, now if this was in wrestling, or if this is someone where somebody's hitting somebody or, or can hurt them, I think it, it makes more of a difference from... I guess the perspective of of the parents, um, but for the most part, I'm 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 indifferent to this in high school level. Um, I I I I I I nothing it. It's 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 not even that I, I think of it in any direction. I nothing it at all. It's not something that would raise my blood pressure if my if I had a kid who was running track against somebody who was uh, born a boy but thought they were a girl, so they competed with the girls. I would I would. Uh, I would cheer on my kid either way. So, but do you think there's an unfair advantage? Sure. Okay. Sure, there's an unfair advantage. A lot of reasons uh, that would be beyond that. That's that's a a newer unfair advantage that would be more of a sociological uh, conversation. But there's a lot of unfair advantages. Some kids get to go to summer camp and train all year long. Some kids get to um, do privates with professionals. Some people don't. Yep, you know, yep. there's a lot of unfair advantages. This is one that is that is kind of new in the conversation. Not enough for me to. Um, uh, and maybe with this pride thing, uh, you know, I've been. It's it's been something that's been a part of my life uh, forever. I, I'm I've been uh, conducting as part as part of. Of, of my life for the past 10 years, I guess. I'm, I'm in all 50 states, I've, I've been a uh, officiant of weddings. So I've also officiated tons of weddings um, and same sex, opposite sex. It, I, I've, I've done so many that I've never really looked at it this way. So again, if it was a track and I had a, a, a daughter that was running on track and, and it was clearly running against a dude who now says it's, he's a chick, um, <laughs> I think it's great for conversation, but it's, I, would, I would nothing it. If, if it was in wrestling or boxing or something, I'd probably have something to say, um, but only because the advantage could actually physically hurt my kid. Aside from that, there's a million of unfair advantages. 
So, uh, so not not anything worth arguing for me about, anyway. Okay, Ray, what do you think? I'm uh, going with Steve. Exactly. What Pete and repeat. Pete and repeat. All right. Yeah. Okay. Well, well articulated well by put. Mr. Maraboli. Okay. Well, one of the one of the arguments they have uh, for allowing uh, the transgender athletes who are not born um, uh, in this situation uh, uh, as a girl, but as a boy who identifies with a girl without having gone through hormonal uh, therapy is the fact that uh, transgender people as kids have a hard enough time transitioning and they and they feel that if they're allowed to, to, to excel in sports, that that also allows them mentally, you know, it, to be in a better spot opposed to forbidding them from doing that because they, they cite to the fact that, uh, you know, that, that transitioning is, is a very difficult thing emotionally. Well, and no, they want I think transitioning is very easy, and we're going to transition to uh, a <laughs> couple of questions that All right, came this in was, this week. Wait, no, seriously, wait, transitioning is very no, easy. We're going to show you how easy it is right now. Your opinion was, was what, like, for me, it's like this is high school track, well, man. Like, it's, it's like life's tough enough. Yeah. Win the track meet. If you, well, like, well, like, for parents whose kid was looking to get a scholarship and is now, you know, not getting a scholarship or getting because of where they're coming in, they're having an issue, and they've started a petition in Connecticut uh, to change the rules of the governing body. The only thing is, is that the governing body itself is being compliant with the state statute, which allows this. Therefore, they can't just change the governing body that oversees athletics because they have to be in compliance with. Right. So right? where do you stand on that? Where do I stand? I think that in high school sports, I think that um, that I think the emotional toll that is taken on these kids that are trying to transition to become you know, who they identify with, you know, they're going to have a hard enough time. And to exclude them from sports, I think, would be more detrimental than if you didn't, uh, you know, where, if you said, well, you have to now compete, you know, uh, in, in your birth certificate. Now, in Texas, it's the reverse. And there's the uh, uh, a young woman who has started the hormonal um, uh, to transition to a boy. And 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 in in Texas, they require it's your birth certificate. So she is just winning the state wrestling titles because she has already started the hormonal changes and she's just overpowering. And she's saying, I don't want I would rather compete with the boys. Mm -hmm. But under this. So you, you can't really have it both ways. Right. right because this damn. poor thing is getting booed. And she's saying wrestling has saved my life because of the transition of what she's going through. But in Texas, they're saying, well, it's it's whatever's on your birth certificate. Mm -hmm. So now she has, they're saying, well, you have an unfair advantage. She's saying, well, let me wrestle with the boys, but state state statute won't allow it. So, it. you know, I think it's a very difficult thing. Uh, you know, I, I do have thoughts about it because I think that emotionally these kids are probably having a really tough time Without in today's question. society. Yeah, yeah. And, and sports is a big you know. I, you know, Mike, I'm with you on that, Joe. Just, uh, just to the point about sports, because I've seen it do. I mean, it's been, it's done bad things to young kids. Too much pressure from parents, right? But it is, it can be one of the most wonder, wonderful vehicles for young children to grow with, and young, young adults to 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 advance themselves, their their purpose, their self-efficacy. So, yeah, I agree with you. I, I would love participation for everyone. Um, and, and want to see everybody have the opportunity to be involved in sport because, for me, it's been one of the best things that's ever happened in life. But, but there's a lot to be ironed out with that I, because um, it, it's not easy. It's not an easy situation on either side. I'm glad they're participating, but I can understand both sides and the difficulties that they're encountering right now. All right. 
There you go. Yeah, Next topic. Mike. Yes. Mike. Enjoy. Good stuff. Mike has Enjoy. a topic. Eat and repeat. Yes, <laughs> a, a great Enjoy. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> great question for, for Ray. GSP's head coach, um, Frasa Hobby, uh, he was on Rogan's MMA show and talking about GSP and and he, he, he actually pointed something out that I found interesting. And I know that you had some conversations about this uh, before, but I wanted to cover it with you. He said that, that GSP was likely to have sustained a concussion about two weeks out of his fight from Dan Hardy. And, and he was worried that uh, uh, ending uh, his sparring sessions could diminish GSP's confidence. So instead, he allowed it to continue. He said there was one, one more round of sparring, and he said to me, uh, Coach, let me finish the round. I'm okay. Let me finish the next round. So Zahabi said, uh, yeah, sure. And he, and he said, if I, if I pulled it, I would have killed his confidence totally. So I said, okay. You could do the next round. So I told the other guy that he was sparring, don't land a single glove. I whispered to him, not a single glove on him. Uh, just take a mauling. And George uh, went into that next round not knowing the other guy was not allowed to hit, hit him at all. Um, yeah, I, it, it boosted it. He said that the UFC was filming, and he told the guys, hey, listen, this, this footage can never air. It's got to it's gotta disappear. Uh, one, one left hook from Hardy would have uh, touched George, and George would have been out like a light. But uh, because he's got a crazy left hook. But George, um, thank God it, it, it worked out well. Uh, controversial saying this uh, during Joe Rogan show. I know this had passed. But as a head coach, do you understand uh, where he was coming from? Oh, 100%, yeah. I've, I've probably done something pretty similar to that. The different injuries and, uh, you know, telling the other guy. Because ending, ending uh, a fight camp on a good note with the sparring is really, Huge. really good important. Point, and yeah. I can tell you there's been times where... If I was going to end the sparring on a Thursday and it didn't go good, I damn well made sure we have sparring on Saturday and I brought in somebody which I knew it was going to go good. So right. that mental side is really critical. It's everything. So, so I get yeah, it. it. I everything. get what he's saying. Uh, the only thing I disagree with is if that left hook would have hit from Dan Hardy, whether he was <laughs> whether he or was, not. It's he going down. That, yeah, Hardy had a great left hook. and It's funny. Hardy trained at our gym. Not with our gym, but he used our gym for that fight. That's where I got to know him. And I think one of the really class acts in MMA today is Dan Hardy doing a great and job with the commentating. He did a really good job commentating on Suzaki's fight. Yeah, he's I doing felt great. like he knew Suzaki better than I did. So <laughs> yeah. he's definitely a guy that takes his job serious. He does his research. He had that whole thing pegged really, really well. And I was like, wow. Because, you know, I'm still getting to yeah, know sure. Suzaki. You know what right. I mean? Like, And I guess he really did his homework. I thought he did an outstanding job, and he always does. And, again, he's a... Uh, He's uh, he's just a, a cool dude, and yeah, if he would have hit GSP with that left hook, it was lights Everyone's out. Everyone's going lights out. But but I think what uh, uh, you know, Faraz did is I'm going to say I've done similar things like that a lot of times. But and he's so he's not really saying you know even though he thought he was concussed, he wasn't sending him back in there. He's sending him back in there, but telling the other guy not to hit him. So he was had did have his safety in mind, right. but. It still has to be like, you know, because if I think if George would have realized what was going on, then you reverse what you're trying to do anyway. So it has to be done the right way. But, you know, luckily it worked out for him. But, yeah, that makes uh, – Well, confidence matters. Yeah. When, when fight no, shape, no, when it, you it, brought it up It really earlier. is everything, man. I got to tell you. I mean, those are the statistics you will never have. Well, that's – You can't – That's what I was just going to say to fight shape. He said 77% of the first striker wins. 
Well, I'm that, sorry. That's not yeah, a striking initiate. statistic. That's yeah. a confidence statistic. That could, yeah, yeah, yeah. As far as I'm concerned. And, and so that Great. that is huge. And those are the intangibles that you won't really there's no there's no math that can cover that because right. then again what's what's the subjective experience of the person who's throwing the first strike? What kind of camp? That comes from the camp, that comes from the weight cut, that comes yeah. from from their family stuff, right? Yeah, Ray, I never forget of, about yeah, when you mm-hmm. say, hey, if you got family stuff, go home, yeah, man. Go home. Go home. It's, it's, it's you're not here anyway. You're worthless to be in the gym. Yeah, I, I, I probably could tell a million of these type of stories over the years, which I kind of do every so often, but that story is nothing out of the ordinary to me, if that's what you're asking. And I think as a coach and as a friend, he did the right thing. He protected him, but he knew what he needed to do. And we've had this discussion before. George is a very emotional yeah. fighter so i you know he's already he was already struggling with a lot of other demons getting in there to have that going on his shoulders going into that fight probably would have been disastrous you know and uh you know and he, that was back at the rigged, time and that was back at a time when concussions weren't viewed as they were today he rigged you know? an environment for yeah, him yeah he had to, he yeah. rigged it for him which and is he great. knows his fight and like and there's and there might be another fighter he has that he wouldn't have to have done that for but he knows George he's been around him and I think he uh he did the right thing and what a win i mean yeah, George yeah. was Dan Hardy I, I think mean, that, that was, was uh been the at the Prudential Center right yes it was yeah, an, another big it. win yes, and 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 again, it it just it it continues on, and, and these adjustments. You, do you think uh, fight shape that that with the advent of of really introducing the scientific data that you'll continue to see commissions change and maybe maybe even one day have some sort of uniform idea on as far as uh, as concussions go, as far as weight cutting goes. I see that Alabama just the latest commission to implement weight cutting reform rules. Do you see it becoming universal as, as this data becomes more and more available? I, I, I don't think, to be honest with you, I don't think it's data-based as much as it's money-based and it's not an, or safety-based. So to give you an idea too, when we talk in terms of striking being the majority of, or leading to the majority of victories, it does not mean somebody knocked somebody out. It means they, the initial strike might've led to the submission. Okay, well, that's also matchmaking. Right, that's not just the product of how people were fighting. Plus, that's right. all fights it, start standing up. Well, it was, so well there's the other the point. Other, right, there's right. A lot that you could, you, no, you no, can it, right. So this is not to disregard the data; it's to acknowledge it and say, "Well, is this the way they're put?" So yeah. it's I, I, this the way I would have liked to have seen the data. I didn't really look at it, but what what did they think that data meant to the coaches? What did what is like that? Like what you're saying now with right, the seventy percent? Right. How does what what did they think that helps me as a coach do? Make decisions on potentially whether or not you are going to change anything, or exactly but no, but, not but change. What would anything. I change though? Is what I'm saying. What like give me like use a fight, Aljamain Sterling. Right, so now right. this statistic is what. What did that statistic say again? Oh no, that 77. Let's make sure we get off the first yeah. few punches. Right, Aljo. right. That's all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's initiated. Yeah. It could go to the ground. It's being you know. Yeah. But then so, it's like, how do those statistics influence the the end results? Like, do the statistics yeah, influence? Yeah, right. That's themselves? what I'm saying. How does it give me an example of how that's going to help me? I'm training a right. guy. We know that because we go back to the psychology right. of it. In the in the 50s, uh, behavioral scientists at the uh, at the time would do these studies in elementary schools. So they would go into these elementary school classrooms and they would um, give them similar to what we would call an aptitude test today. And they would just have this random thing. So nobody was in on it except for the behavioral team. The teacher in the classroom wasn't in on it. So the the behaviorist would get the Mm -hmm. class list, have everyone take this aptitude test. 
He would then collect them and tell the teacher, okay, we'll have the results to you back in, in a week or so. They would leave. The behaviorists would throw out the tests, never even looking at it. They look at the class list and they would say, okay, let's take these five are your top smart students. These bottom are your students that need a little extra help and everyone else is kind of just in the middle. And then would report that back to the school, back to the teacher. And they would treat the kids accordingly. And the, and the, and the kids who were, who were extra bright and were going to get extra help for being extra bright, they were told and they followed these students. And it is numerous schools and numerous years. They would follow these students through high school. And guess who would finish at the top of the class? The kids that they told were extra exactly, bright. Guess exactly. who would finish yeah, at the yeah. bottom? The kids who they told, you know, randomly yeah. is what they're told. So I wonder how much these statistics help, but at the same time will shape the future of statistics because you're just going over it. So if other coaches right. see it and say, okay, we increase our opportunity by striking first. Now you, you've actually just shifted everything. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. And like Ray asked a yeah, question, Ray asked, yeah. Ray asked a question too, is he to change anything? No. The, the, what I, that's not even the data for me that's most right, valuable. Right. That's just to tell us yeah, the way yeah, the no, sport's it's going. A, look, it's a start. Right, well, it's, well, it's also telling us the way maybe potentially they want the sport to go. It's also that's potentially right. telling us who they, who's going to get the fights. I'm not saying that. Yeah. This is not, oh, yeah. this that's is not, that's not the UFCPI's work. Their work is just to tell us. They're not saying Ray Longo has to change anything. They're just no, telling, no, we know that. right, no, they're no, just no, saying no. that here's the way the sport's going. Now, if you bringing up a bunch of kids and you want to get the big fights well maybe you better get some punching going on because that's what's selling but I again don't... i think we know that everybody look some of those slobber knockers is yeah like, oh, what a great fight no it was actually a sloppy piece of shit of a fight <laughs> right. but man was it exciting yeah well, no, that's listen, a totally listen, different for me thing. Correct. That's what i'm in a like. different place you, altogether than all of you yeah. yeah right the right. dude paying 60 bucks drinking beer and eating doritos yeah, right. on that's his couch once yeah, exactly. i am in a that's... different spot than every single one of you for me I think that the UFCPI, I love the work. I love the work they're doing. I appreciate the fact that they're gathering this data. I think that some of the stuff they use, they could actually help. I think they should have how they have a, a 360 cage set up in the UFCPI mm -hmm. where they have all the different angles. I think they should be, if they can, have some sort of app just for the, for the gyms, just for the coaches. And if you want to purchase the ability to see the fighters you're fighting against in a 360 and see all from different angles so you can do the proper uh, tape. I think they should do stuff like that. I think that all the stuff that they're doing as, far as, as, mm -hmm. as far as this stuff uh, is something that you guys aren't even seeing. It makes them eligible as a research place. Mm -hmm. It makes them eligible as a research place for other organizations, government grants, tax breaks, sure. a million yeah, other exactly. things. So I see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It can't be are. from the same organization that's telling me they're working on Brock Lesnar versus John Jones. Mm -hmm. right. It can't be for the integrity of the sport. It has to be something else. I don't know what it is, but I know what it isn't. And it's not for necessarily the integrity of the sport. I think that the UFCPI is actually opening to other things. It'll probably be attached to a university pretty soon. Yes. And, yes. and, and so I, I could see that from a business model. Um, and I like it. I like those numbers. I think that their business should hit uh, coaches and say, hey, listen, you're fighting, you know, uh, you've got uh, Iaquinta fighting against XYZ fighter. You want every angle of this guy's last fight? Yeah. Here, pay, you know, your $1,000 for the year, whatever they would that, charge. That would make sense. And that would make that you have every data of this guy. I think that would be super helpful. Yeah, years ago, a buddy of mine came up with an idea. He wanted to start a website called Fighter Spy, and that's exactly what he wanted to yeah. do. Mm -hmm. How does this guy win? 
What percentage Every angle. Were this? Yeah, what was that? What was his weight? You know, it's the same thing. It was just a stat on when you're, uh, you know, scouting out your opponent. You have every possible statistic on this guy. So I like what, what that is. Yeah, here's pay a f- flat fee, and you have access to the database of Behavior is behavior. I mean, yeah. if you if you look at, at that, and, uh, Dr. Sherry, you know, you can gauge somebody by just asking them simple questions. You can see where they look, where they go, and you could gauge them. Hey, what would you have for breakfast? What was your first car? You see where their eyes go? You gauged what they do when they remember something. Mm-hmm. So then ask them the question you want to ask them. If their eyes go to the other place, you know they went somewhere else. They didn't go to where they go. The behavioral mechanism for movement is the same way. So you can actually see when a fighter gets hit hard, he always moves to this side. They're always going to do the same thing. So, so to have that kind of data yeah. would be fantastic. Well, some of that basic data is available. Yeah. I mean, you know how many strikes they throw per fight. Really whether they come yeah. up with sure, that. Of course. Sure. Yeah, no, even fight, a huge as basic as fight metric is right. or CompuBox. I mean, you get some very basic statistics from that already. I will just say this, though. You're, the UFC, PI, those guys, they're kind of like, I mean, they're figuring out what they have to do. Of they're not getting exactly, any right, instruction. Yeah. So they are, they're like a separate body right now. And I think the direction that you're talking about is, is a way they would want to go. But, well, um, it's, it's, it's the financially sound way to go, yeah, to become the UFCPI, but to be available for universities, for government funding as a research facility. Mm-hmm. Your tax bracket's different. The, what you're able to do is different as a research organization. That's the way, if I was running the UFCPI, that's where I would be taking They it, have the sure. resources and the brains to do it. They've got some good people. And how many so. places on earth are like that? Got to be few, if any, more. more. Uh, that, yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? For, for this kind of thing. So I think no, that it's a great place. It's a great move like that Tony they made. loves this stuff, it's got to be really, that had to be a cool thing. It's pretty fun. Let's yeah. go to some feedback. We've been ignoring the feedback. Feedback's at MMAandBeyond.com. That's yep. MMAandBeyond.com. We appreciate you leaving a five-star rating on iTunes if you're listening. Share with everybody you can. Uh, the links are pretty easy. Also, you could check out On It. You get a discount on On It if you, if you go through our website, MMAandBeyond.com. Um, and you could you could check out our on it stuff. It's also on our social media. The first questions for Fight Shape Ricci yeah, from Corey. I got a question. All right, Corey. So my question for got? Tony Ricci. Uh, I want to know: Can you take someone like me, who's in good shape, 21 years old? I do the same. I do some MMA for fun, jujitsu, kickboxing at a local gym. Can you turn me uh, into a good MMA fighter? What does it take to be a fighter, and can you use science to make this happen? Thanks in advance. Corey in Las Vegas. Okay, so that's a two-part question because the fighting skill itself is up to the Ray Longo side, right? right? So if you want to improve your striking, your kicking, your jujitsu, and and there's your Matt Serra side. However, Corey, I think you bring up a great question because the whole point of the science that we have uh, yes, we at 21 years of age, your body is extremely malleable and responsive to all kinds of stimulus. Resistance training, agility training, power training, dietary practices. So the point is if you and I sat down, Corey, and we took some data, basic data, body fat, height, weight, some testing measurements, what your capacity is now regarding speed in certain, uh, in certain measurements and modalities, Um, jumping capacity, like these are things I could measure and have tools to do. Now, what we would do with that is simply take all that information and then we would sit down, make a plan and say, through science, through this dietary practice, we're going to do the following. We're going to make you more effective at utilizing carbohydrates and proteins. And 
fats. Hence, what does that mean? You're going to be more effective at energy utilization. You have better endurance. Simultaneously, then what are we going to do? We're going to take your frame. We're going to kind of look at it. Are you a natural endurance athlete? Are you a power athlete? We're going to make that assessment. Now, without doing a biopsy, I can't tell you exactly what type of muscle fiber you have, but I can get a pretty good guess. Consequently, once we know where you excel, in better words, what are your strengths? We know what type of athlete you are. We use science for that. You're fast. You're quick. You don't have as much localized muscle endurance. Maybe you do, but I'm using this as an example. You need more VO2, cardiorespiratory endurance. So what we do, Corey, is we take all this, but what we call an assessment of physiological capacities. We have the ability to measure all that, and then we use the science to maximize your potential. So what I can do is I guarantee you I will make you a Formula One car. I will make you a Formula One car. I promise if somebody listens to me, I have the capacity to do that because I've dedicated my whole life to nothing but this and stay up at night. However, <laughs> I do not know how to drive the car. That's Ray Longo. Yeah, right. He makes you the driver. I'm the Formula One car. He's the driver. So we can do it, my man. And it's a great question. And at 21 years of age, we can actually do things wrong and you'll still do well. <laughs> so. so anyway, you can write me sometime and we'll talk about how to do it. But it's up to Mr. Longo to get you the skills. Great yeah. time to build good behavior. Yep, still exactly, four, yeah. four or five years from your brain even being say, fully I'm, I'm developed. Sensitive, I'm yeah. sensitive At to least. this question because, you know, can you turn me into a good MMA fighter? You know how many guys walk through the gym <laughs> yeah. and say, no, I, personally, I can't do a thing for you. But you could do it for <laughs> right. yourself. And I think what Tony says, we can give you the tools. And I will guarantee you one thing. The day you walk through the door, a year after that day, you'll be better than that day right. you walked in. I know, that. That, you'll you'll I know that from you. you know, yep. But that's it, though. But uh, only you could do this, Corey. I, I can't really do anything for you. And I, you know, I can only be a conduit of information and get you the right training. And if it's in your DNA and you have the desire uh, and the commitment and the dedication, you're going to do just fine. And thanks again, Corey, for your uh, for your feedback. Jesse, uh, Jesse Soto, she writes about acting. She says, "What are your favorite what What are the favorite roles you have played, and what role do you think would be most challenging?" Ray Longo. All right, uh, Jesse. First off, let's get one thing straight. I haven't had many roles at all, <laughs> so. Uh, I'm going to say my favorite roles would be any time I can get to drop the F-bomb as often as possible. <laughs> that I, I think isn't a stretch. And anything the most challenging would be any role where I don't get to drop the F-bomb <laughs> and I actually have to study my lines and actually do something. But uh, great question. I hope uh, I hope a year from today I could give you a better answer on that because I'll have more roles. But well, uh, do, Does it change for you having a camera on you? Because Because – Yes, this yeah, this is your so. natural state, but right. at the same time, I've walked into the to the gym and you're playing the guitar and right. like there's people around you and we have the video of of you and and uh, Mia right. uh, and she's singing and you're playing the guitar and you're you're not dropping an f bomb. It's actually oh it's, yeah. It's really oh, nice. so, but, but, so if a camera yeah. was pointed at you, right, would that not be as natural for you? <laughs> well, I'm saying look, the the reason I do like the guitar stuff and I mean it's a stretch for me. So even with the acting, any little acting I've done, I'm really as uncomfortable as a guy could be. But I feel it's important to really put yourself out there and to, you know, be uncomfortable at times to make yourself comfortable. So the more I'm doing the acting, the more comfortable I'm getting with it. But I definitely was out of my comfort zone by far. You know, I'm good. I can corner a fighter with my eyes closed. 
But, you know, picking up the guitar in front of people, which is not something I do, that's that to me is really, really challenging. And, you know, it's funny. Joe Walsh said something one time on the show. He goes, yeah, everybody plays the guitar. But until you play in front of somebody, you don't, you don't play the guitar. And I was like, well, either you play the guitar or you don't play the guitar. And I didn't really – I didn't understand it when I heard it. But, man, that guy is right, man. I mean, anybody could play the guitar in their living room. But when you got eyeballs on you – it's almost like, you know, you're taking that shot in golf and somebody says, I'll bet you $100 you can't make right. it. You could probably make that shot a thousand <laughs> times or $10 million. Right, right. All of a sudden it changes it. So for me, with like the guitar, that was a big thing even, you know, even told me I'm, I'm actually nervous doing this, you know. And she was nervous, I'm nervous, but it was like an impromptu thing that we had talked about, so it wasn't totally impromptu, but she didn't know I was doing it that day. And then I had a really, for the first time, get that song down to where I felt comfortable with it. And that's something I've never done. A before. lot of eyeballs lot, at that You know video. what I mean? So it really is, you know, it's, it's, I think it's always good to test yourself. And, you know, I really don't want to be defined just as a, an MMA guy or a martial artist. There's a lot of things I like to do. And if I could do more with the acting, I think that would be great. You know, I mean, a bucket list would be, you know, getting up on stage and playing the guitar with Jason or something, sure. you know, like something yeah, sure. like that way. Like, wow, this is, you know, this is great. You know, so I, I, for me, that's what I like at this stage of my life, trying to test new things. And, you know, again, I don't want to be just considered this is all a guy could do. So I think I could do a couple of things. And luckily, MMA has afforded me the opportunity to even try that. So Get that, I, I that love that exposure. It, you know? Empty Resig, aside from Mike has a topic, Mike also writes plays, does art, and has uh, directed, produced movies. Is there something you look for, people, to try to keep them in their comfort role? Do you, do you, do you see it? Do you see it before, uh, before giving them an offer or knowing that, that they might uh, be perfect for a character? Um, I, don't, I don't think... I mean, there are people that I know that I think would be great actors if they could, um, you know, recommit to what they're doing in, in everyday life, right? So Ray, uh, and I'll use Ray as an example, um, Ray has a great personality, okay? And when I was doing The Brooklyn well, Banker... thank you. No, it's true. It's absolutely true. But when I was the doing The Brooklyn Banker, eyes. you know, our director, Federico, noticed that with Ray. So he wanted him in more shots. And that let Ray, when we did other films, I would bring Ray in because I knew he could do it on, cam on camera. So when Ray says, well, I'm very uncomfortable, he has a very nice presence on camera. Now, there are other friends of ours who will remain nameless um, uh, that, you know, is great personality. I'll be with them and I'll be like, this is great. And then they get into the camera and they freeze Cram up. up. Yeah. So there are a lot of people that I know have great personalities mm -hmm. that I say this would really transition nicely over into the camera. But once it turns on, something changes in them. In right. Ray, it doesn't really change over. Even though he may feel it, he's got a very out of so any of the guys. He holds it. He holds yeah, it. Absolutely. Right. And I tell you something. Any of the projects I'm doing or other people are doing and they say, well, I need someone for this, I will say, you know, do me a favor. You should probably look at Ray, you know, and I think that the more he does it and the more people see him, the more roles he's going to get outside of 
you know, our little sphere here Very cool, that people man. are going to. So, right. Ray, I, I think you are wonderful. How bad? A human being. Uh, and uh, all uh, of the story. I I'll just want to say that. Olive, I'll take right. this as an olive yeah. branch. There you go. Yeah. But <laughs> no, no, I'm really, I'm, I'm not totally panicking. But, it, dude, I, like, that guy, Eduardo Ballerini, we always talk about. Mm. You know, like, I don't really don't know him that well, but I've done a couple of things with him. I'm, I'm in awe of that guy, man. He, he nails that shit. And you could see he's so into it. Uh, even this last short I saw for the first time last week was, you know, and I, I heard him talk about it when we got together to discuss the, the project. But when I saw the final product, I was like, wow, this guy just, he, I think he nails everything. And like, again, I would really love to just see the guy successful because I think, you know, and he, and he is successful yeah. to a certain extent, but even more successful because I think he really puts the time in and, uh, I don't know. But, I, Ray, you got to understand, you know, you this is the second film you're in with him. Right. Second film that you've had scenes just you and him. Right. And if in the first one that we did, if that was one that you did not bring it, when it came to the second film and TJ right, was saying, right. was Ray, he would right. say, you know what, listen to me. I got to tell you, I, 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 look, I, I think I might believe him on that because I tell you, even when TJ was asking me for the second film. TJ, by like, the way, is TJ Sanso and he was the director. Right. Of the I was like, eh, you know, and then he said Eduardo was, I go, wait a minute, Eduardo knows you're asking me. Like, are you, he'll <laughs> right. do something else and I go, I'll do it. You know what I mean? Cause, then you have to know, right, like Mike was saying. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Then it was like, wow, I mean, I can't believe this guy even wants to put up with me. The first time I met him, I like, dude, I'm not really an actor. I don't want to screw you up because I saw how serious this guy was and I was like, it would almost be like taking somebody in the corner that knows nothing. My advice would be just sit in the back and don't <laughs> say a word. You know what I mean? Right. And, and yeah, it's it was. Uh, but he, in the first thing I did with him, this is really sounding like you know acting type of bullshit. But man, he really just brought out whatever was in me. He brought it out. He really was that good, and he almost had me like. What I was like, oh fuck you, man! Like right. this is like he he did some shit that you Ray know, almost like strangled him in the scene. <laughs> like Ray almost <laughs> strangled him. Doctor Shuri was there, she, and he almost I'm strangled not, him. You know, yeah. It's like he gave me an attitude, like dude, I can't, you can't do it. Like in my head, I'm like, right, I'll smack you right in the face, man. Like, <laughs> but he got me going, man, and then he kept yeah. it. Like it was like I remember, take, do it again, do it again, do it again, yeah. do it. I mean, there was no time to even think, and then by the end of it, you just. He's right in your face, and it was. You're not uh, even acting anymore. You're not even right? acting yeah, anymore. He wasn't acting. You know, it was actually. Uh, yeah, that hopefully we'll see. I'm going to put some of those scenes up. You I got think, to. But, but that, which I thought was a was another great short. But uh, yeah, no. So it's an interesting thing, and it is good to do something different. I think for everybody. I yeah, think I agree. Put yourself out there. You know, just challenge yourself with something. I think you know, just to grow as a person. I think is a great thing, and it and it's a feel good moment. You know, what I mean, you're doing something, something different, and people are telling you it's great, and that you know always goes a long way for your ego and that type of stuff. And uh, you know, have fun with it. But it 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 really is. It's good to challenge yourself. And Ray is yeah. one of those guys that we we definitely need to. You know, he needs a lot of positive. Reinforcement. Yeah, I he, does. he does. He does. Ah, he does. No, he does. He does. He needs it. He needs hugs. He hugs. And he needs hugs. Kisses. Yeah. He needs yeah. hugs. He needs yeah. hugs. Uh, that this there is. Yeah, we don't. No, it doesn't true. work. It's yeah, true. yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, so fight, fight shape. Uh, you and Ray did some work for St. John's. Nick V writes uh, special thanks to Tony and Ray for getting up at the crack of dawn Saturday to privately work out with the Johnnies. Uh, what were your impressions on the team and their response to fight sport training 
Uh, did any student athletes stand out to you athletically? Well, actually, um, what happened with that, that is set, but we did reschedule that. And just to give everybody an overview on that, um, that's the St. John's basketball team is coming out. And what we're going to do is take that basketball team and Ray's going to integrate some fight spot protocols and get them to be challenged beyond. So what the coaches want to do, which I think is really cool. You're adding dimension to their training. Hey, right? we're yeah. going to put you into something you ain't all that good And I got to tell you, I don't think there's a better cross training than boxing and kickboxing. Couldn't agree not. more. For Number one, sport, from confidence to cerebrally challenging, more for the confidence. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a huge, huge thing. It's a life changer. It really is. So, we'll so yeah. Anyway, goes, but know. it's gonna be fun because what they wanted to do just quickly is make them get uncomfortable. These kids yeah. are so gifted at what they do, and they're used to being so good at well, it. They, right. So they're gonna come out and they're gonna be challenged. So we we just actually rescheduled that with Nick and the St. John's. And hopefully, uh, you know, we're looking forward to it. philosophy and inside right. the training. Yeah, yeah. Even though that's a team sport, you know, it is an individual thing also, and each guy's vying for a spot in the NBA, but. It's always good to help out your uh, fellow human. I and think, it's, it's great to learn yeah. new new behavioral needs and stuff like that. We talk about with, with jujitsu and stuff where it's it's great to be a white belt again. You know, to, to start as a white yeah, belt. Yeah, at there something. you go. There is no better feeling. And, and, and to, to start and you have to, wow, I have to start at this where you can be great at a million things, but yeah. you're, you're a white belt at something, what I was which saying is great. With the, with the acting and the guitar yeah. playing is that, wow, it is. You want to look around is it's great to be to a white belt. Yeah. yeah. See, see how many, yeah. how many people can play the guitar. You know what I mean? Below a white belt. Right. So, and even with the acting. So it's great to do something new and, uh, you know, and challenges. It keeps you young. It really does. It keeps you fresh. Without question. Imagine, imagine right? getting up and not looking forward to anything. Yeah, everybody. exactly. You know, and know there's people are out there and it, that's a horrible thing. Uh, quick, uh, Ken House. Ken House is on Twitter. And Twitter, you can reach us at uh, uh, MMA and Beyond. Ray Longo is Ray Longo MMA. Uh, I'm Steve Maraboli. We got Fight Shape uh, Ricci, Fight Shape underscore Ricci. He's also Fight Science Institute. Uh, Empty Resig? Yes, sir. Uh, you on Twitter? You on Twitter? I am. Well, what is it? As? Yeah, but I don't really. It's same thing. M-T. Empty Resig? No, M-M-T. Resig. Empty That's different. Okay, Empty cool. Cool. All right. Oh, by the way, I just mean? wanted to say, and I want to apologize uh, to uh, Pete Drago Cell. I, I believe I, I heard that he had called in or he'd written in, and we didn't take his um, his Is his it, message. Steph, so I wanted just true? to say to Pete, to Drago, okay. to Drago Cell. Yeah. He, he does teach at Ray Longo's. He does. Third yeah, degree yeah, black yep, belt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wonderful yeah, guy. Black great black teacher. Yeah. Pete, my, I apologize. I saw my you take dear his friend. Phone. And, 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 wait, and hold what on. not? Wait, wait, absolutely, absolutely not. Controversy. Controversy. Not. Wait, wait, hold on. Dr. Sherry, did you have something to say about our buddy Pete Dragozel? Oh, Pete is a great guy, but I actually saw you take and his phone and, and when call was in? what date was this? Ooh. When was this? Oh, wow. Hold on no. a second. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Doctor Sherry, when did this happen? What day? What day? Problem. What day? Writing into See, the no show. No one wants to go that one. So. You're writing into the show no. as someone else. No way. This is legal. Pete so Drago Cell so is going to now do a video. A video intro into the show. There you go. It will pop it up. This is an not, issue. All right. You know what? Your illegal ramifications. So. Yeah. And I dispute that. <laughs> can you change your, your handle to RT? And then we could just call you Artie. No. Be RT, Rasig. Artie. 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 
It's now been right, so you a life of its RT. own. Yeah, forget it. No more movies. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. be, all right, uh, let's go and shout out to Drago. Drago's right a great guy, and 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 I'm sure that he did send something into the show that that uh, looks suspiciously we'll to kind towards you, Mike. And I'm not saying he didn't talk oh, to me yeah. first. He <laughs> just said, <laughs> like, he said, I'm upset it. because I love just, Mike has a topic. I said, you know what, Drago, you should you know write in. He said, you know what, I will. Is that where we're going? I'm just telling you. Yeah. Hey, Drago. Right with Drago. So, but, but, we'll, we'll call Drago next week. We're, yeah, wait. I'll text Drago him right all the time. I just talked to him an apology from Dr. Sherry. I'm very hurt that she did that. Well, Ken House, shout out to Drago, but Ken House writes, does the UFC need a villain to prosper? Jones out, McGregor out, Covington trying, but in my opinion, failing. Rousey out. What do you guys think? Fight Jake. At this point, probably, yeah. I of mean, course. I'm no I'm no expert on the entertainment side. Steven, this is your forte. Uh, everything needs they a need, They need something. What's Star Wars without Darth right, Vader? Yeah. They need something, and they need can't. somebody who's good at it. Right. Yeah, I was going to say my thing was going to be can't hurt. <laughs> now, is Lesnar that guy? Nah. Is John Jones? Not if guy. he's going against John Jones. Uh, but but I think that they do need they need a story and and uh and that's the challenge. You know, one of the one of the stories that were that were on here was about Machida going to Leota Machida uh going to uh Bellator. And I think that that's an interesting story, but again, it wasn't someone who was gaining that much attention in the UFC. So it's not going to be the game changer that Bellator might think it is. Um, and, and good luck to Leota Machida, but in the entertainment industry, in the fight industry, that's great. Leota Machida is always going to be fantastic, right, right. Yeah. always going to be fun for someone like me to watch. Um, but from the entertainment industry and numbers, when you're watching UFC cards that are stacked, getting beat out by college softball, the, yeah. it, you, you need we the story. Problem. The right. villain only comes in because it's a story. Uh, Conor McGregor wasn't so much a, a villain as he was um, – in essence, you know, you hear this said a lot, the people's champ in that sense. They they, they they went from, this guy was getting welfare checks just a couple of years ago, and now he's getting, you know, uh, millions of dollars. That was the story. Mm-hmm. And so the UFC needs a story, and they, yeah, they need and to but, back but that story with people. He was a traditional karate guy. I think at one point he had, he was doing pretty well. He kind of dropped off a little bit. But at one point when he was the champ, I think he had... He had a lot of momentum going. Not as a bad guy, but, you know, he was bringing back traditional Shotokan karate, he, which was unheard of even back he, then, too. Not back then. As a like, martial like, artist and yeah. an athlete, huge fan. Yeah, and as think, someone who's going to draw numbers from somebody outside of the uh, MMA you community. Got it, Steven. Bellator hasn't had it, it's, it's not, anything they've tried hasn't I, worked. I do think he brought traditional martial arts people to the TV sets that are now gone. Right. I do think that. You know what I mean? Because everybody was... You know, we got, you know, San Jose's in our Jimmy's uh, right. taekwondo guy. Mm-hmm. He was all over Machida. He won because sure. he's still, you know, he's teaching the forms and, and he's great. I mean, he's all awesome and he, you know, does great with the kids. But he was really happy about Machida and all of those guys, Bob, because it gave them credibility. It was like Bruce Lee. He raised the Chinese people. He gave them, you know, confidence. Yeah. And, you know, the, and it was, I don't think it was much different than that, you know. And it was on its way, but... You know, I think he started running into some rough times. Well, that shows the importance then of interdisciplinary recruitment then, to your yeah, point, yeah, right? Yeah, like yeah. bringing people in with, with 
other fights discipline skills because you're bringing in new crowds. Look, it was the premise of the UFC at the beginning. Taekwondo yeah. versus yeah. Shotokan, Shotokan versus a wrestler. Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah, Kung Fu yeah. versus that. So anytime they get a chance to market a guy sure. or a guy that's a Kung Fu guy or a guy that they, they're going to do it, man. And, and, that's, and that's huge. What you just said is great. UFC premise from the beginning was yeah. a spectacle of entertainment. Yeah. What oh. happens? It was it was me as a kid with my matchbox cars. What happens when I collide these? And and you would you would you would do it that way. And it's it is still that way. We we have a, a couple more things I want to cover. I know Chris, we're 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 at at the brink. Miocic versus Cormier, another super fight. My personal opinion: this card is stacked. A lot of great fights. I will be watching. I'm excited. I still think it does under two hundred thousand pay per views. Right, I, uh, I'm going to go 250. <laughs> All right, he's going um, 250. Yeah. I'm going under two. Wow, if it does, then um, I, I don't know what... To, because this is a great card. Yeah. Amazing card. And, and by the way, two... I'm only basing it on the last card. Yeah, that no, was no, also two, an amazing uh, two card. Two guys who are well-liked from <laughs> yes. fan base. If this is under 200, yeah, then, then I... Hopefully, ESPN then will show then more they're running with with, yeah, with yeah. Lesnar and John Jones. I, as a matter of fact, I'm going to start Lesnar and John Jones <laughs> playing softball. Let's call this right. softball and beyond. <laughs> right. Okay. This softball and random fights right. break out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I I uh, I'm on Team Miocic. Obviously, I I think that uh, I think that he wins it. Cormier, I think is gonna. I I listened to Ch- uh, Chael Sonnen, who said he's not sure that Cormier comes in as the lighter guy on fight day. Oh, I'm agreeing with I that. I agree with that as well. Because I, I don't think Stipe comes in above 240. Yeah, I think 245-ish. Right. He never moves. There, yeah. oh, I bet you that guy's yeah. right in the ballpark. Yeah, He's got to be walking around. Is he a tall guy? No. Oh, Stipe's Stipe very tall. Stipe's the guy. Yeah. He's, yeah. A, he's, he's a legit 6'4 like and a half. And how big is Cormier? He, he's wide as a refrigerator. He's like my box, size, right? What's that, 5'10"? I'm going to say 5'10", 5'11". Yeah. But he is a stocky. And it, that's kind of like the picture that they put on of you and me. On, yeah, on the, yeah, yeah, you look like these. No, well, yeah, yeah, that was. <laughs> yeah, but exactly, that's real to scale. That's exactly like the DC. actual scale. So that would be similar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah nah. And last thing, uh, uh, Ray, uh, I wanted to just cover real quick. Our buddy uh, Chris Weidman looking to make a comeback yeah. and uh, and come back finally nice and healthy, strong. And uh, conversation has him just the way that, that things would fall, that, that of a possibility of a, of a title shot or being really close to a title contention. A lot of people talking about it. Uh, for me, I think that a, a physically fit and psychologically ready Chris Weidman beats everybody. Um, I'm curious what you think of how that might play out. Uh, obviously, I think it'll play out to Chris Weidman's advantage. But uh, right now, it's he's he's been in the gym. He's been running some uh, some practices with uh, some of the guys, Al, and some other guys, and he's looking really good. I think he's just getting his feet wet, and uh, so far, so good. He looks really, really good. He, he's enthusiastic. Um, How does that work behind the scenes? Just. So he's he's feeling better. He's starting to move around in the gym. It, how does it work for? How does that translate to the UFC? Does he call the UFC? Do you call the C? Do, does the manager call and say, "Hey, look, he looks like he'd be ready X Y Z date." Yeah, yeah. And that, then they start looking for yeah, fights. Probably, Is that how that works? Like October, you know, right. like I'll be ready. You know, he's still going to therapy. Um, so yeah, he, he you know he has a probably in his head even right now he has an idea of how that thumb really feels and. He's got a couple other little quirky things, and 
I think he just wants to get squared away where he's feeling good, and then he's going to hit it hard. But he has been working. He's been sprinting. Seen he's him been, in there. you know, Looks light strong. sparring. So he's he's. I, I like where his head's at right now. And again, it's just staying healthy and eating right and getting enough sleep right now, and he'll be on his way. Are you shooting for maybe the MSG card? Uh, when's the MSG card? I think it's November. I think yeah. it's early November, right? right? November 4th. I got to tell you, I think everybody's shooting for the MSG card. I'm jumping in that. Yeah, I think yeah. everybody wants to be on that card. But uh, I, I, originally, I don't think he wanted to even wait that long. But if he had to, I guess he would, you know. That would be great if he if he could get right back into it. That's, just the way a, that listen, it falls, man. That would be great. That would be there's just, a really good possibility. That's fantastic, Fight Shape. What do you? How would you approach it? Uh, how would you approach a, a, a comeback like that? Well, I, I just think he's in. I'll just say this. I'll keep it to this. I'll keep it real simple. I think he's in a position still at his age to be, when everything's done well, the best condition of his life. And if he's in the best condition of his life, that helps the upstairs. The upstairs helps the downstairs, and uh, the dude is a problem for anybody when he's at the best at his best. You know, he's so. I mean, I have all the confidence in the world. I've talked to him, and we'll do a few things to help him get there to the best condition. And of course, I have all the confidence in the world in Ray preparing him. And he's gonna if he's ready, he's gonna raise Kane on anyone. Yeah, he's gonna. Yeah, nobody's walking away. for anybody. Uh, yeah, he is, and and he had a couple of losses there. That's fine. I have my personal perspective on they were strictly, in my opinion, physical due to a couple of things that didn't go optimal. They were not preparation on Ray's behalf. Um, we put him in there with what we perceive to be the right weight and condition. He's going to raise hell on anyone. It's not going to be a fun night. No matter win or loss, it's going to be a tough night for anyone. So I feel that, that wholeheartedly that that's going to occur. We're going to see, as Ray has said, very, probably the best Weidman we've seen yet. Smarter if, and in best condition. If ever. Gastelum gets hurt, right? Because mm-hmm. I know it's him and Gastelum are the two guys mm-hmm. that are kind right. of. Is there another fighter that could then call for a title shot and it would be a legitimate call? Another fighter besides. Besides Weidman. Or, yeah, or if Gastelum gets hurt and he's like, I'm hurt. Who is there I, another I, fighter that could step in and say, I want that title shot and it would be a legitimate I don't, I don't think so. I, I don't I think know. so either. They, they, they might want to, Chris to fight somebody else like a Jacare or something like that. But not not one that would be. I think that the conversation would be uh, Gaslam looks good, but Weidman beat him. I think that Chris right. is. That, the, that's, I, I think, think that's Chris what he's got the, in his yeah. back pocket right now. I think Chris is. Plus, the I answer. think Chris is the bigger draw. But that's a bigger would, fight. If, you know, if, I if think I'm unfortunately Whitaker, I for Gaslam, I think that's part of the thought process, even for uh, Whitaker. It's, yeah, uh, I think it Whitaker, should be a better payday Chris, for you. Sure. The All-American, he puts asses in the seats for the same reason that we were just speaking. You want you want eyeballs, and Chris is going to get eyeballs. He's going to sell out arenas. He's going to get people to buy. People are emotionally invested. Even the people you see anytime Chris posts something on Twitter or anything, he's got he's got his legion not only of fans but of dedicated haters. Those dedicated haters also buy pay per views because yep. yep. even if they want to see you get your your ass kicked, they they are dedicated. Numbers are numbers, so I'm I'm on team that. If I was Whitaker, I'd want to fight Weidman also. All right. Is that we looking coming. good? Let's Everyone go. got yeah. it. What you got coming up, fight shape? All good. Uh, just uh, be hitting the, the let's see, Fight Science Institute having our first seminar, and um, so that'll be in August in Florida and. Um, 
speaking tour is uh, NSCA at UFCPI, two American College of Sports Medicines, uh, National Academy of Sports Med. So all is going really well there. And in the interim, uh, just let's prepare Team Sarah Longo. Nice. Everybody and everything. Let's get them ready. Ray Longo getting ready to Hall of Fame, sir. Hall That's fame. in a few weeks, right? We got right? fighting. Uh, we got a bunch of amateurs fighting. We got Jenny Nadell in glory. Yeah, a Jenny. A going on. Love it. Shout July out to 1st, Jenny. It starts, and we're probably going to run right to the end of August. I love it. Dr. Sherry, thank you so much for, for coming. Empty Resig. Yes. I want to thank everyone for engaging in Mike Has a Topic. Out of, it was okay. wonderful. Thank you very much. I appreciate the right. fact that All you right. actually and the engaged, show. even though Did you there was a video anything? on of, of Al and Ray <laughs> is like looking through me at yeah. the... No, that I was actually, they, we were watching like, reruns you know, of Fantasy least, Island. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it looked like he <laughs> <it> was, <laughs> like, <laughs> like was turning his head to the side. I haven't seen, yeah. seen yeah. that fight since it happened, and that was unbelievable. It was, but we put the love boat on during the rest of it, and we were still watching What I was really looking at is after the fight, they interviewed me, so I wanted to look at myself. Absolutely. All right, that's what America doesn't realize. And empty receipt, congrats. Now they know. Congrats on another successful art showing. You do good work, Mike. It's really cool. Good stuff. Man, he I'm does good you, stuff RT, for art. He, he, art. He, he, art, art he's right. Art Make sure you check out MMAandbeyond.com. Leave us a five-star rating. Shout out to our brothers and sisters who serve, who continue Amen. while we talk Thank about a great summer, others. who continue to serve in these places. Shout out to everyone who's uh, participating with the show, whether it's Mike has a topic or sending us great uh, messages for, for, uh, for guests, messages for, for topics, whether it be for Ray, for Fight Shape, or myself. Thank you so much. MMAandbeyond.com. We'll see you next time. Yeah.